And welcome back, friends and family of the First Issue Club podcast. My name is Greg Lichtai, and today we have a very special episode of First Issue Club. Not that every episode isn't special, but this one is a little different than what we usually do. We typically cover first issues of the week, but instead, last weekend, the club, the club nights, went to the Windy City, the Big Onion, <laughs> the city of broad shoulders. I'm talking Chicago. And while we were there, we went to C2E2, one of the world's largest comic book conventions, and we saw many sights, smelled many scents, and had a great old time. But before we get into that, a few things I want to get out of the way. We are going to be co-hosting, co-habitating with another local Kansas City podcast, Two Views, April 2nd for the premiere of Foxes slash Marvels slash Disney's <laughs> New Mutants. We'll be doing an event with them uh, for the premiere. So if you live in Kansas City, this is only kind of pertains to the Kansas City people, DM us, message us, get at us on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook. If you want to go, we have tickets to give away. You can come join us. You can come join Two Views. Come watch us talk about the movie after the fact. Whether it was good, whether it was bad, I'm praying to God that it is good because I love the new mutants and all the trailers look super spooky and it's right up my alley. Thing number two, Patreon. We have one. You want it. Extra content, episodes, interviews, videos, all kinds of fun stuff up there on the Patreon. For the price of a comic book, you too can enjoy the extra premium content that you so desperately need. So no longer deny yourself. Extra First Issue Club. I think we should get into it. Let's go ahead and get this special Chicago edition of First Issue Club started. 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 We're here to talk about C2E2. As I said in the beginning, we went to Chicago, went to C2E2. It was cold as fuck. Yeah, it was terrible out. We drank alcohol in a Starbucks. Yeah, we did, actually. Yeah, quite a bit, actually. Even though they said you could, it couldn't be done. Well, we went to a wrong Starbucks. <laughs> and the guy looked at us like, no Starbucks serves alcohol. Fuck that guy. It was two blocks away. Yeah, the world's biggest Starbucks is two blocks away, and it's full of booze. Yeah. <laughs> he, was, uh, he was trying to stunt. He was flexing. He had a fake voice. He had a fa- he did have a fake voice. He yeah, put on, he put on for put you. Put on, yeah. Oi, I'm Starbucks guy. Also, so many people wore dumb hats in the Starbucks in Chicago. It's a thing. like that work there. Yes, the people who worked there wore like uh, goofball fedoras and cowboy hats and looked like 1930s gangsters. I wonder if, as you get promoted, you get a new hat with your promotion. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Or you like bring a hat from home. Mm-hmm. Just like, I, they have they bring hats from home. I bet it's a requirement that they have to wear one. <laughs> Does it have to be gray? And then though? they get to choose what kind. You better get a hat budget. <laughs> and eventually they become Raiden. <laughs> I'm not, uh, this coffee is wrong. Can I speak to your fedora? <laughs> Those idiots that choose fedoras. Like, don't they know? What if I wore like one that had like horn like a horned helmet? Do you think that would count? <laughs> yeah. It's a yeah, hat. Viking helmet. Yeah. No one was wearing ball caps, so I think there's a certain level of fanciness you gotta have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> jokes about wearing really <laughs> racist hats. No, I wanted to wear like the Dr. Seuss cat in the hat. No, I know, but then we were talking about like the hats with the braids, the Rasta braids attached <laughs> oh, to yeah. it. And, like, <laughs> this wear... isn't okay. 
What do you mean I have to go home? I feel, this is how I feel comfortable. <laughs> a book is a hat in some cultures. <laughs> Speaking of dressing in fun hats, what did you guys think about the whole cosplay situation this year at C2E2? Uh, the cosplay landscape has changed. Yeah, big time. Because That's... it was less She-Hulk and more... Who the fuck is this anime character? Yes. So yeah, that's completely. That's n- normally been my experience. Same. Has it? Same. It has been like just like crazy video game or anime person I can't name. I've always seen Harley Quinn, Deadpool, Wonder Thor. Woman. Yeah, like we still. I still saw a fair amount of that. A lot of Poison Ivy. Yeah. Like I see a, a ton of women dressed as Captain DC Marvel, Ray from yeah. Star Wars. It's it is mostly DC heroes. What the fuck? Yeah, DC's got the cosplay going on. Mm-hmm. Um, there was what what one we looked at it for a long time. It was like a fan art of some weird anime thing called like Blood Princess. Is what like one won the entire thing? Yeah, like, oh. um, and like she had like eyes blooding out, kind of. Cool. But I had never seen it before. It's like I don't know. It's just kind of crazy to think of like of the. However many people there, the number one costume was a thing that was like fan art. Yeah, so I can just bring an original character next year and like, who are you cosplaying as? Well, oh, no, uh, Fiddlestick Dave. It has to be Dave. something that's recognized. People do get up there. I've seen it happen at Planet too with original designs. Yes. Okay. Yeah. If that's not you know that's that's the thing that can't be done. <laughs> I think who are you supposed to has, be a uh, dump truck. I think it just has to do with like the criteria that they're judging for is how well it's made, how how you can recognize it from, like, 2D design to... All the judges were, like, people of known cosplaying. I think C2E2 is a, is a hub for cosplay. That like, would make sense. There's a, they crown a champion there. The It was, like, legit judges. So, um, yeah, there were some people flexing. But not a lot of Marvel DC. No, agree. I was surprised. Which is that just is that going to be a thing now? Like people just don't dress up as superheroes anymore. They just save that for Halloween. Like the real serious cosplayers come to cons now. It's like these complex anime video game characters. I, I, I honestly, I'm trying to tell you this is the thing I have seen. I'm not trying to tell you what your perspective is <laughs> or what you have and haven't seen in your life. <laughs> this is I'm with I'm, Greg. This surprised me this year. Okay, I and maybe part of it is just. Like from an Instagram, like cosplay scene, that anime reads better than, or these like niche things that are really ornate read a lot better than another person dressing up as Spider Gwen. It makes sense because I mean, yeah, at a comic book convention you expect to see superheroes yeah. in cosplay, but that shit is played out. Yeah, I mean, you see it every year. So if you want to stand out in a competition, I guess you gotta. Go really, really weird. Yeah. The best thing that I saw was every single character from Watchmen. The TV show, The Watchmen. The TV series show, The Watchmen. Yeah. Were, like people hanging together. And the, yeah, think about that. They had to have eleven different friends yep. fully committed to that. I don't have eleven friends I can take to Comic Con. Didn't you say you saw, there was like a lube guy too? Yep, lube guy, and then <laughs> and then the um the panda bear wearing guy, like the the police officer that's like look exactly like it. Yeah. Yeah, like, so random B characters from the show. And they're just standing to the side when we saw them, just in a line, just they, hanging out. 
They were getting like a big photo. They, yeah, I know what they were, they were doing, but the first time we saw them, they're just like awkwardly standing in yeah. a straight line. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Not a good look, Watchmen cosplayers. <laughs> just yeah. so you're a aware. Line, so you're you want, clearly recognizable. Your character yes, would so never dumb. have done that. Do you, want them, do you want them dancing constantly? Yeah, make it Fortnite. <laughs> Fortnite me. <laughs> Floss them, my baby. There's a lot to talk about at C2E2. There's a lot of things that happened. Um, we saw a lot of artists and creators. This is the only year I stand. I stood in line for way longer than I probably should have for all of my autographs. Yeah, I stood in. We well, Caitlin and I stood in line for Donny Cates and um, for like what Ryan hour and a half. Stegman. Ryan Stegman for like an. But hour at and least a half? we split wow. line per line. Yeah, we did do that. We, there was like a, a Donny Cates line, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden they like split it in two. Well, and sometimes they overlap weird. Like you've got one person who – you've got two people who you want to sign the same book. One person's out from 11 to 1. The other person's out from like 2 to 4 or 130 to 3. And you like you, they won't let you get the book signed by both of them, even if both of them are at the same booth – you have to wait in the two separate lines. Oh, that it's, sucks. Yeah, it's, it's, it's strange. It's strange it the way weird. they do that. And then uh, didn't the Henry Ford figure this out with the fucking, <laughs> you know, assembly line? Put comic down, sign comic, take comic away. Like, th- these lines should be going real quick. Mm-hmm. Did you guys have a favorite creator? A favorite creator that, that, was, you, that we that, met? That you got to meet, yeah. Um... I mean, they were all really, really kind and gracious when we like met him. Tim Seeley was really cool. He was. He actually. talked to us for a while. He was really cool. We, we had didn't him give him a sticker some... though. No, we're real bad at doing that. You guys have to. We give people online more at... stickers than creators. Yeah. You guys are good at that. That's good. Yeah, we we brought uh, Wolverine stickers that had his uh, tiny penis out, and it was a big hit. His yeah. little bub. Yeah, every creator liked it. It was good. Good fodder. Yeah, it was good. We to. even gave it to uh, Benjamin Percy, yes, who is who currently is writing the Wolverine comic book. Yeah. Yes, Gary, I, Gary Duggan tried to give it to him again because he was like so pumped about it. <laughs> 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 or Gary Duggan didn't want his; and he was yeah. just trying to give no. it away. I think everybody was pretty pumped. What about you guys? Um, it was a three-way tie. Oh, between Teeny Howard, Leah Henderson, and Jenny Frizen. Every yeah. one of them I had, like, a nice conversation with. They were great. They were selling cool stuff. And uh, in general, liked the Wolverine sticker. So I've noticed that, like, when you talk to some of these, like, creators that have, like, been at cons for a while, like, they kind of get into the groove of talking about the same stuff over and over again. Teeny Howard is always super fucking excited just to talk about Marvel books and X-Men, like... She could probably do this for the rest of her life, just con season. She's just, like, genuinely, like, super pumped about these Her energy is infectious. Yeah. Yeah, It is. Yeah. She's she's a powerhouse. Yep. I'm definitely a fan. I told her that I really liked Forgotten Queen, which is a Valiant book she did that I I dug. And uh, she immediately was like, oh, it's funny that you say that because so-and-so is also doing a vampire thing, so that's, like, really funny right now. So, like... (laughs) uh, Ben Percy, if you could go talk to him, then he's, like, got vampires in his book, too. So, like, Forgotten Queen. <laughs> and I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Teeny, calm down. <laughs> oh, very cool. What is in that soda? <laughs> but she was really nice. She was the... I, I only had one book signed, and it was a Teeny Howard Excalibur cover that I got at the con. 
a con exclusive. Con exclusive. No one else can have this. Yeah, some uh, Marvel panels, they give you these, like, sketch, partial sketch covers where some stuff's colored in and the other, the rest of it's just inks. And they're apparently very, very exclusive. It was like, what was our last book to come out the previous week? Let's print, like, a few hundred extra and hand them to one group of people at one panel. I looked on eBay, and they don't really sell for a lot of money just because they're so obscure that people don't know to look for it. They don't know what to, like, measure it against. Isn't that weird where it's, like, it has to hit this, like, weird value market of, like, it probably has to be printed at least 3,000 copies for it to be super valuable. Mm -hmm. But under 3 and 2,000, it's, like, it's too obscure, even though you would think it would be more valuable. That'd be, like, the hidden gem to get your hands on, yeah. The one thing is that, well, we have, like, those weird uh, Valiant ones that they do, the golden covers. covers, Oh, yeah. yeah. And people do know about those and those sky. They go apeshit for those covers. Nothing about the cover is different except the font is gold. Hey, you know what we missed out on, which I didn't even realize, is that lenticular or the holographic of Mercy from uh, Mirka and Dolfo? Uh Uh-huh. Um, that would have been really cool to grab, like, and to get it before the week that it comes out, which is this week. Yeah, it was super weird that that book oh, was Oh, she was there. selling it? Yeah. yeah. She's selling oh, it a week early. really? I didn't realize that. I, did, that. I just was looking at the book and I was like, I don't know what that is. Because I, I thought <laughs> I knew what all of her stuff was. Uh-huh. And that I would have totally grabbed it. I would have loved to just read it early. Yeah. She was actually really cool. She speaks fluent Italian and not fluent English. <laughs> Well, she writes a great comic. Yeah, so like, well, maybe translated over. Oh, it but is. Unnatural yeah. was written, right? So like, I was trying to, Italian. I was talking to her and she would say something and look to her, her friend and they would speak in Italian and then the guy would be like, uh, she means this. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. I love your work. It's very sexy. <laughs> Man, we're never going to see It gets her. me hot below belt. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I would have met her. We're, we're, we're never going to see her at another con. I mean. Why do you think that? I mean, she lives in Italy. Like she ever well, she probably can't go back to Italy currently. <laughs> That's true. Good point. Oh, we should make this a coronavirus episode. <laughs> Actually, I did want to talk about something that is going on with the coronavirus. But mm-hmm. it's not it's not bad. I'm not going to spread any rumors or anything. But uh, <laughs> so were you guys at all? <laughs> Sounds like you're going to so spread cautious. some rumors. Yeah. Yeah. Rumor I want to speak to the media. Please do not uh, cause any kind of chaos with any uh, falsehoods, falsehoods with medicines that are not available. No, your Bloomberg changed. <laughs> that was my that was my Trumpberg. <laughs> Sorry, uh, were you guys at all like kind of worried about you know the yeah. flu or Corona while we were there? It occurred to me, yeah. There and yeah. as the con went on, the more people I noticed were like wearing masks and shit. Yeah, this was definitely by the time the con had hit, it was like a popular news story that your face masks aren't doing jack shit. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> and yet people wore them. And yet people were still wearing them in droves. So yeah. it just kind of was a constant reminder. And there was a whole big thing about like fist bump versus elbow bump. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, their creators had t- uh, uh, signs on their tables it's just like I won't shake your hand but I will like, you know, fist bump you or give you an elbow bump cuz like they don't, they don't want to get fucking sick. They're like in the front lines, pretty much. Yeah, they're meeting people all day long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, next weekend is Emerald City Comic Con. Oh. And Dark yeah. Horse has already pulled out. Yeah. Straight up. Straight the, up, and the, so did Random House. There's 20,000 petition signatures trying to cancel South by Southwest because of coronavirus. 
That makes sense. So Emerald City, where there is, and I've I've already seen, like a hundred yeah. or some mm-hmm. cases. I've seen some term. bands just not even go there anymore. Yeah. Um, I think I think we may see Emerald rough. City at least like cancel for the year. That, that is rough. That That's super rough. Mm-hmm. Think about. I wonder if there's insurance on events like this. There, yeah. pr- there probably is, but I doubt there's insurance for like we had a low turnout. Yeah. yeah. There's not insurance on like we had low ticket buy. Yeah. So then if you if you think you're going to get a low ticket buy, just cancel just it. Just cancel yeah. it? Yeah. Just you probably out. still have to pay the venue fee. Ugh, which is got to be astronomical. Exorbitant. Would you rather yeah. eat that price or potentially get so many fucking people sick and make headlines for the wrong reason? At that point, it's maybe up to the city to take that into their hands. So it's not like the venue pressuring the convention to do this awful thing. If yeah. the city made them cancel, I bet they could get insurance at that point. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. for sure. So do you think, like, other venues will cancel? Well, like, at least there's... postpone. Yeah. I mean, Planet, Planet's the end of March. Oh, that's a good point. Do you think Planet will cancel? Well, if we... I don't... Has there, any... Has there been any confirmed cases in Kansas City? I thought There Lawrence. was one up in Lawrence, for sure. But I don't know... If there has been any well, in they Kansas City, s- they at all. said they said by the end of the month or in two months there should be like thousands of people all over the U.S. So I assume we're going to get something here in Kansas City. Yeah. Man, I am so excited. Well, let's transition <laughs> from this talk about sick to some sick talk <laughs> about C two E two. What do you guys think of the Marvel panel? The Mike D went to two. I went to two. Yeah, the first one I went to was Al Ewing and Jonathan Hickman. Talking about the year they've kind of had. In, oh, so they're just taking their victory lap in, in this comics? Panel? Not necessarily, <laughs> no. Uh, but they that they kind of talked about. They opened it with talking about how they both got into comics, which was interesting, just to let those guys like bounce back and forth for a while. And then they opened it up to discussion, and the questions that came from the audience were very reflective of like your last year in comic books. Some people were asking fucking stupid questions. Ooh, I want to hear one. Like, Who would win in a fight? <laughs> no, that's like a decent question, I think. <laughs> like your perspective on something made up. But people would be like, no, I could see that, you know, you're choosing to develop Rogue in this way or another. What role is she going to play as like the Krakoan Council moves forward? And Jonathan Hickman's like, ah, you know, I can't really talk about. Right. You know, what's going to happen in issue 18. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I want you to buy it. And people were just like one after another asking fucking questions about like, what's going to happen like 10 issues from now? At that point, it's just posturing to show them that you yeah. know where the story is currently and yeah. you have yeah. opinions about it. So that fucking sucks. But yeah. That's th- not a question. <laughs> yeah. They were really cool guys. One of the things I wrote down in my notes was that... Um, Al Ewing, who has been writing the Mortal Hulk to much fanfare, said that in issue eight, uh, the Hulk eats a guy, mm-hmm. which has never happened in comics before. So aye, it was aye, a aye. numerical pun. Ha ha. It's like he ate. ate a guy. <laughs> he ate and ate. Oh, and I was that's like, cool. I was like, mind blown. <laughs> what an Easter egg. Now it's going to be worth $500,000 on eBay. <laughs> Do you have the, the pun issue? <laughs> Al Ewing was great to meet. He's such a he is such a nerd, but in all the best ways. Yeah, he's doing the new incoming event. 
Mm-hmm. Or he did the incoming event, and now he's doing the Empire event coming up for Marvel. So they have him for quite a while. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. Mr. Events lately. Did all the <laughs> Mr. Events, <laughs> how are you? Did all the No Surrender stuff. One of the things that kind of surprised me from that panel in particular was how how much it seems like Marvel editors and creators just make decisions on the fly. Like, my perspective is always that Al Ewing had this grand plan for Immortal Hulk and knew where, like, issue 20 of it was going to be when he introduced the character in Avengers No Surrender, right? But when when he talks about, uh, oh, we were sitting in a room and we were like, you know, it's about time we bring the Hulk back. Like, that'd be cool. Um, and we were talking about ways to bring him back, and it was just like, what if you just can't kill him? <laughs> like, he's this ethereal being that, like, just, like, doesn't die. They're fucking, like, workshopping. This is like, I don't know. What and, they were, and they were like, sometimes the easiest answer is the best one. <laughs> and so they were like, we were just like, yeah, he doesn't die. And then he was back. God, that's terrifying. <laughs> and then they were, they were like, what if he, what if he can't walk? And then it's a mobile Hulk. Wow, how long have you been sitting on that one? <laughs> I wish you would have gone up and asked that. Earlier. Welcome to the Budget the King panel. Comedy Hour. <laughs> na, na, da, da. Um, yeah, so then they we... ask you to leave the panel when you <laughs> that, that panel was much more informative than the larger Marvel panel. The X-Men one? Yeah, and, mm-hmm. the, and yeah, the X-Men one. Because they had so many creators and... Well, one, they packed that place out. There was, like, a huge line for it. Whoa. Um, we showed up late and walked right in. Yeah, that's the way to go. <laughs> Always. <laughs> but. I had a, I had a couple you, c- couple cool takeaways, though, from it. Well, I, I was going to say that you just don't get the the best experience just because everyone's so rushed. When you've got, right. like, you, when you have, like, eight creators on stage, mm-hmm. no one has the time to, like, really get into something or say something, but. When you had two creators and the like editor in chief of Marvel sitting at a table together and just like chatting and bouncing off each other about their personal experience with comics and where comics are, I thought that was so good. Sorry, I kept thinking during that panel they did the thing where they did last year where they uh-huh. had they pulled someone from the audience. Yes. And they had them read a new first issue that no one has seen. Yes. And I thought, what the fuck do they think's gonna happen? With that, like, so they're like, well, what'd you think of it? They're not, like, I just want to see someone be like, eh. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it was, I, I don't know. It wasn't yeah. bad. Solid, art, solid five out of ten. A little derivative. Art, art was good. <laughs> like, they always are just like, hey, what'd you think of this cable number one? Like, it was fucking awesome. <laughs> what if it was us? What, what do we do as podcasters? If they're like, hey, come up and read cable number one before anyone else. You have to be amped. Yeah. You have to. You gotta sell the product. To, yeah. Will we talk about it on the show? Fuck well, yes. Well, and to be fair, I think the guy think who would. that they pulled up did a fair job. He didn't. He wasn't just like, "Oh my god, I loved it." He he like actually made a comment without spoiling. Yeah. That wasn't like I'm all in on this, but mm-hmm. did say I think this was really interesting yeah. and was like a little tidbit that would have actually. He was Made a plant, sense. is what you're saying. I think maybe. <laughs> <laughs> he was a Marvel intern. <laughs> well, because at the end he was like, thank you for the opportunity. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was really nice. Can I leave my yeah. resume up here? No, it was great. They had him They had him read Cable number one. I don't know if we said that or not. Yeah, but by, uh, who was it other... by? Is it Duggan and Noto? I think it's Duggan and Noto, yeah. 
The other panel that we went to that was super heavy that I think was informative in a totally different way was the Oni Press panel. And it was pretty heavily geared toward people who are aspiring writers and artists um, in the comic book industry. But it was so interesting to hear from the perspective of writers that aren't necessarily heavily employed with the big two, but are kind of like, yeah, maybe they got a cover gig for one thing or um, IDW has like used a bunch of their stuff or like just get kind of piecemealing it, but then have their own books through Oni Press. And it was um, from from a podcaster's perspective, I didn't really get it wasn't a, a discussion about the comic book landscape, but it was definitely interesting about just listening to their perspectives on what people can do with your art, what people can do with your stories if you're not huh. if you're not on these like super And it turns out anything they fucking want right. to. Mm-hmm. If you're not on these super lengthy runs or people don't automatically associate your name with a character or with a book series, like it's well, it's rough out there. I think the most interesting thing they talked about was most of these writers and artists worked for like IDW and like other places that like did like licensed material. And they would say that they would draw like this really great, like let's say Sonic the Hedgehog thing, and they would only get paid for that one image, but then they would go see it on T-shirts, lunchboxes, and like everywhere else, and they wouldn't see a fucking dime from it. And they can't, but they know that when they take the gig. I would be so pissed off, though. Yeah, isn't that weird that they basically just have to be like, yeah, I'll do this cover for 200 bucks and see what happens. At least like three-fourths of that panel said that that's the only way they got recognized and like known enough yeah. Yeah. to get the books that they are now known for. It is It is a like, yeah, that was super fascinating yeah. to hear them say. And then their perspective of like, I am so thankful that I got to do a Star Trek thing in my life. I never thought that would come true. So like the mm-hmm. other side of it is like, nope, I'm actually really thankful that this exists. Yeah. Yeah. And um, hearing that fan art is sometimes how people break in, crazy. Also setting up a booth and, and setting and... Selling your doodles is sometimes how, or like that somebody who writes for a book seeing what you've done in terms of fan art for this character and understanding, oh, you'd be a good fit for this. Totally. Like there was one guy that was like, I was just doing Transformer fan art. Yeah. (laughs) IDW came up to me and said, you should submit. They gave me a Transformer cover. That was my first gig and I'm now employed as an illustrator. Well, he said the turnaround was like two months. They approached him. He said, "Okay." He drew it, and then within two months, that was the cover. Well, and some and so, some of them talked about the deadlines being that quick too. Like you, you're unknown, so they're gambling on you. Mm-hmm. You've got to over deliver, and you've got to do it so quickly. Yeah. It was just really interesting to hear from that perspective. People that you would assume like they've got it made, they're cushy, they're on this label. Totally not the not the thing. I think the one thing that entire panel had working against it was that room was a fucking oven <laughs> it was yeah. so goddamn hot <laughs> it was really room, hard to be in there. and i was about to take a nap <laughs> the, i want to go back to the x-men panel for a minute they previewed a bunch of different things that were like if you weren't in x-men it was you were going to be lost or or you're going to be super pumped if you were in x-men mm-hmm. but they previewed i think it's called like children of the atom yes mm-hmm. um book and it's like a newer writer from marvel and it's like a teen book that's going to introduce a bunch of characters and she said that like she's having like one that does TikTok, one that's like a Twitch streamer, 
it made me really pumped about that book. Like, yeah. really excited to see. She was like, I'm writing it from the perspective of, like, I'm a 30-year-old, and what would it be like to, like, wild out and be a teenager as a superhero? Like, how would that work? And well, what, what would be my dream? And, like, I think I read an interview. Well, I know I read an interview with her, and it's just she she equated it to, like, when you put, like, a sports player's poster on your wall, and you like, that's like, you want to grow up to be, like, a football player or a basketball player. These are very young mutants who had, like, posters of Cyclops and Nightcrawler on their wall, and so they aspire to be these X-Men. And to have that kind of perspective for a book is, like, very, very interesting. And just to see, you know, where she takes it, it's going to be really cool. Yeah. So there's a lot of cool stuff coming through the X-Men chain and... And the other cool thing was Hickman was, like, so collaborative. And at one point, he caught himself, but he was going to say something to the effect of, like, I think this is the best team to ever write Marvel stuff. And he was kind of like, uh, I'm really proud of this yeah. team. <laughs> he, like, cut himself <laughs> off. But, man, he gives Teeny Howard, like, a bunch of, like, yeah. stage to just kind of, like, flex and do stuff. And um, Marvel's under good good leadership at this point. Yeah. Um Benjamin Percy's voice sounds fake. <laughs> well, he sounds like a radio host. People kind of chuckled when he started talking the first time in the in the room. Did <laughs> I you mean, guys it was that? it was sexy, but yeah, yeah like say, it was. Like I don't a, know that it sounds fake. I do think it sounds very attractive. <laughs> hey, I'm Benjamin Percy. It's like, oh, oh my! Did it get hot in here? <laughs> But I did catch the Am chuckles, Mike. Am I back Mike. in the Oni panel? It is hot. <laughs> there was lots of crazy, any like just crazy floor stuff or anything else that happened outside of the panels that you were impressed by or see to eat. Got to general? hold a large anime hammer. You know, when you see those oversized, <laughs> huge swords and mallets and shit that like Looney Tune style that like people carry around. Um, it was interesting to be able to ho- actually hold one of those and feel how much it weighed. And what well, was it stuff. like easy to hold? It or? was kind of heavier than I thought it'd be, but at the same time, like, I mean, it looked like a massive. It was really well done, and it looked like a huge hammer, but it was like this paper mache yeah thing. Did you talk to them at all about how long it took them to make it, or <laughs> yeah. if you could buy it? I just I just ran up and grabbed the hammer and ran <laughs> off. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, did you talk to it? Did no. you talk to the hammer? Uh, it sounded like they it took like a you know a week of like layering things and mm. no you thank know. you. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I don't cosplay. Says the man who spends equally or more time mm-hmm. on Gundam. Exactly. Hey now. The, how is that different? Uh, I'm not making it for <laughs> well, it's not. So uh, one experience I had was uh there's like an anime pop area which was so cool. It just was like set up to just take pictures. Um, there was like a tea set and then there was like this tree forest forest uh, to just like go and take a picture. And so this family, I was going to take a picture and then this family in front of us went to go take a picture. And like their, their big pose was that like the kid was going to kick the dad in the butt <laughs> kind of. Well, as they step off. They, At a tea party? <laughs> they Yes, they knocked down literally every <laughs> single tree. <laughs> like, I'm, it's like something out of, like, a Looney Tunes episode. <laughs> like, six trees domino around, right? All right. So I'm furiously trying to fix them and, like, set them up. <laughs> and and the then, kid kicks you in the butt. And and they, they come over, uh, and they're like, huh, it's, it's, all, uh, it's almost like we, we did that or something like that. He said something to the effect of, like, 
wasn't sure if you did that. And I was like, no, you, you did. <laughs> like, I'm <laughs> I'm picking up your mess. And they just, like, laughed. And they're like, don't tell anybody. And I was like, no, fucker. Like, get, get over here. I'm cleaning up your fucking trees. And now it looks like I knocked over these trees. But you're leaving. And I didn't even get a picture because I just cleaned up trees. If the manager of C2E2 <laughs> walks by, I'm going to get in trouble. Yes. Come over here and help me. Pick up your fucking trees. Um, but uh, in, anyway, cons, I could just live at a con. I get so yeah. energized. I love it. It's like, I love everything about it. Yeah. I could tell you had more staying power in you than I did. It, I feel, I felt like I was, uh. Well, we were there for what? Eight hours? Probably about eight hours. And about six, I was like, I, I need to be in like a quiet chamber. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, then you had a beer and you were like, da 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 Yeah. The beers really helped. <laughs> Beer power. You want to talk about anything Chicago? Because we also had fun in Chicago. I was gonna tell you that um, I I actually was the person who knocked down everything at the pop up bar that we went to. That was all Middle Earth. Oh yeah, themed. All those <laughs> hobbits just there crushed. was a bunch of hobbits in front of their Shire um, facade, and I it was a domino effect. I like tried to take a funny picture. With Elijah Wood, and it, I turned around, and they were like all on the ground, <laughs> and a couple people were looking. Not too many people were looking, so it wasn't like a huge scene. And I picked them all up, so Frodo, no one had to come. Why are you sleeping? Yeah, no, but I I looked around and I was like, oh, <laughs> 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 it was right next to the DJ booth too, and I think the you, you hit the like, record. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everyone in the club, I just like cry and leave. Um, yeah, but no, well, I, at least I picked them up, yeah. and no one had to. Yeah, come you're up courteous. And my mask. I I love Chicago. Every time I go to Chicago, it's always a great time. So it was nice to see um, familiar sights and different places that we go to all the time. So highlight for me was those Portillo's hot dogs. Those hot dogs were insanity. They were really good. I truly don't know how many hot dog I could take down <laughs> from Portillo's. <laughs> it was funny. We so went to that good. place. You all got hot dogs. I got spaghetti. Yeah, you, you got did. fucking spaghetti. We went to like a weird but cafeteria. You don't, you don't restaurant. eat meat. <laughs> I don't eat meat. Yeah. But it was it was so good, and they had tons of things. They did. It was yeah. They, the food was good in Chicago. The Uber drivers were wild. Yeah, we had. I mean, shout out to Sammy. Wherever you are, buddy, we're thinking about you. R.I.P. <laughs> With the way you're living, you're probably dead by now. Yeah, we had a we had a guy, Sammy, who told a m- many stories. Yeah, many to- many a tall tale. Um, he was like Paul Bunyan brought to life. Yes, and uh, we had another um, Uber driver that I felt like he knew Chicago a little bit. So I was like, "What's your? Give me your top five, like you know." Best things to do, can't miss Chicago things. And he pauses and he goes, mm, don't get carjacked. <laughs> and, and he Hyper said specific. It, he said it with such mm-hmm. confidence that we were like, oh shit, you've been carjacked? No. <laughs> I just don't think it's, I think it should be on everyone's do priority not do not don't, don't to do it. it. I think we even said, does that happen a lot? And he was just like, it used to. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, it was such a weird response. <laughs> I wonder yeah. if he was like, what can I say that will elicit the fewest amount of questions after I say it? <laughs> 
I don't know. Don't get attacked by pigeons. <laughs> <laughs> the best thing to do is not to. to do something. It yeah. used to happen. Don't fall down on the subway. <laughs> That's a good one. I won't do that. <laughs> the top five things yeah. to do are things not to do. Yeah. Remember to breathe. Okay. I'll Al- breathe. Also, uh, weed is now recreationally legal in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And so one of our experiences was just like purchasing it, uh, which felt like Insanity. Pure. It, it felt did. like post-apocalyptic sci-fi movie. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, I think that might have been the dispensary you went to. Okay. I you have gone th- to dispensaries in Colorado that are not like that. Super oh, chill. I've been to tons in Colorado yeah. and and LA. I think this might be a new, like a we're a new state figuring it out thing. Yeah. Like I, I don't. I don't know if this, this was, might yes. be the way Chicago. The has experience to do it. you described to us was like you were in the Hunger Games. It was, yeah, it was like our overlords <laughs> were giving us like stay alive pills. <laughs> Literally, you line you, up for weed. <laughs> you have to watch the chosen ones. Uh, come through, come through. <laughs> I'm not sure we can even do it justice by explaining it, but like gummy it, your flower, gummy your flower. <laughs> it, it was you must pick insane. Yeah, if you're a person that has uh, the least bit of anxiety, it would have induced. You wouldn't yeah. have to buy more of the edibles to, <laughs> yeah. to mm-hmm. fucking mellow out. Oh, it was crazy. Yeah. Um, but man, Chicago was just full of wonder and delight. Um, so oh, we m- ran into Ronnie. I was going to say, yeah, so many shout outs. Ronnie, Mark, Mark, Mark Sable. Mark Sable, yeah, he was awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah. you guys saw Richard Kind. Yeah. At a, what, a Aaron's <laughs> From Space a Bug's Museum? Life. Yeah. <laughs> from a famous You may know him from Bug's from life. The bu- A Bug's Life. <laughs> His most famous role. (laughs) And true to his name, he was very kind. He was very kind. And a dick. I was Richard. Oh. Thank you. Oh, boy. Yeah, I don't know. I love traveling with you guys, and I like you guys as friends. That's one of my takeaways that I had on this trip. Oh. Well, thank you. We we, uh, mirror the sentiment. Lots of of funny stories and lots of good uh, good shared hotel experiences. One mm. thing I can say about Mike D, sleeping next to him in a bed, is delightful. He's a great conversationalist as you fall asleep. He has the art of the sleep combo. Of bedroom talk. Yeah. You, you, do, you do have the gift of gab there, Mike D. Appreciate that. Your pillow talk is on point. Yeah, <laughs> you. it's great. Uh, also, we all fart like a goddamn... Oh, yeah. It's insane. We have problems. <laughs> yeah. If well, you, we're over 30 and we had gluten, so it's oh, we are firing them off. Yeah. We also had an Uber that started to smell. <laughs> and everyone in our party <laughs> claims they did not fart. <laughs> but there was a clear about fart. And oh, the only response in the car was the driver going, Ew. And then rolling the window down, which would lead you to believe it wasn't him. (laughs) Or maybe it was, and he just felt like he had to acknowledge it. He was covering his tracks. Ew. (laughs) (laughs) Not not another word spoken. Uh, Was there a favorite thing you guys left the con with that you purchased at the con or got at the con? My horror story is that I bought this really cool Wolverine cover that was a Marvel exclusive. It was like a fucking $25 comic, and my spine got all dinged. You dinged it. On the trip home. R.I.P. Which sucks. I didn't bring or buy hardly anything. I bought too much stuff. 
We didn't buy too terribly much. We did get a, a surprise where we got all three. We got uh, a trifecta. Yeah, we, we got a surprise trifecta. Yeah, I brought my signatures. revival number one. Mm-hmm. It was signed by Tim Seeley, the author. Ginny Frizen cover did, artist. did the cover. I didn't even know that. They're sitting right next to each other. And then Mike Norton was there who did the art for the issue. That's pretty cool. Bing, bang, boom. It was fucking rad. I, I maybe only have... Two, three comics signed by three people. It's hard to do. But you have the most killer trifecta signature ever, which is the first black suit for Superman. Yeah, I have all three of the guys. And that thing is sick. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> awesome. I'm so jealous of that. Beatty, Zek, and Shooter. Yeah. All on one cover. Oof. Got it. It is clean. That is really, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't, I like to, when there's a creator and they have something that seems exclusive, that's kind of my... I, I like buying that stuff, too. And so um, the creator of Headlopper had like these one in 50 pins they had which were kind of cool and then Jenny Frizen had a, a comic of her covers which was kind of fun so um yeah it was good about a bitter root like variant oh yeah my neighbor Totoro variant <laughs> yeah yeah so um that was cool that that creator was there because I think that you know, a month before that they had recently found out who the director of their movie was going to be mm-hmm. who's the director um, oh, yeah, Ryan Coogler. Yeah. Oh, fucking hell. Black All Panther. right. Yeah. Hell yeah. I'm down for that. Yeah. That's going to be sick. So there was a lot of that. Um, Shout out to the guy who makes Kaiju Max on Oni Press. He was fucking awesome. And that comic book is great. And I didn't know he was going to be there. And he does all his art, like... And it was just, he was relatable and was, cool, and that's all he does. Yeah, I, I will say, it was a fucking blast of, an, of a weekend. We took the Amtrak, the train, to the layman, and... Uh, <laughs> oh, on the way out there, there was legit five Juggalos that we rode with. And they smoked on the train. They smoked on the train both weed and a cigarette, which is the cigarette. Yeah, um, I'm, more, I'm more turned off by the cigarette smoke than... I'm more turned off that they did all that and had a baby with them. Oh, come on. Yeah. That seems pretty on par. I literally have a Gathering of the Juggalos photo book, and it's one of the, like, epic pictures is this pregnant lady smoking, and mm. it's like, that's the one that kind of always gets mm-hmm. looks, and it's like, whoa, literally you are this fucking book. Like, you are <laughs> what everybody would say about a Juggalo. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah. The the two most popular things on our train up were Amish and Juggalos. I feel like um, Amish and Mennonite uh, people are always on the trains. All right. That's, uh, that's C2E2 episode. <laughs> C2E2 episode is over. Don't forget we have Patreon episodes that you need to go listen to because they're fun. If you're in Kansas City and you want to come to the New Mutants premiere, get at us on any social media. And we'll put you on the list. We have limited, 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 limited tickets. So act fast because they will be going quickly. And that's all I got. 